you better at least be able to figure out how to fortify your store for when other people come in because I guarantee you they're going to come into your city and how are you going to be able to a keep your patience and b keep your great team members that are currently loyal and working for you Eric Michelson here and welcome to the DME Coach Podcast where we teach you to win in the DME apocalypse. Is now the right time to open up your own home healthcare respiratory or DME store? Wait, wait, we are in the middle of a pandemic. When you look at some of the greatest business leaders, when you look at some of the most cutting edge stores out there, one of the things that I've noticed as I have studied history and stores is during times of trial is typically when you have some of the biggest and most influential innovation out there. So is this the right time for you to jump out and start your own home health care respiratory or DME store? Maybe you're currently an employee at a large company and you know you could do it better or maybe you're just trying to figure out is this the right field to get into maybe this is it so today on dme coach i'll help you walk through is this the right thing to do where you could run your own store have the freedom of being your own boss and not only being your own boss taking care of people and changing and impacting lives for the better I always like to start each episode of the DME Coach off with a weekly high-low. Just so you know, I am not always looking through everything with either rose-colored or pessimistic glasses. So the high point of my week this week was since I've had extra time on my hands, since I've had so many canceled business trips, I've used the extra time on my hands to check in daily with most of my team members and a portion of our company that I have not been able to interact with a whole lot of is, is, is my off-site team members. Currently, I have eight team members who are located in the Philippines. Now, if you go back to, I think it was episode number four, we don't call them outsourced employees. We don't call them Philippine team members. We call them off-site team members. So for my business, Howard's Medical Supply, we they are employees of our company. They are treated like family, like everyone else in our company. So, but I had the opportunity just to uh, to meet with all eight individually on Zoom, and we video conferenced, and we just talked about the pandemic. We talked about our business. We talked about aspects of our company and their life, and it was hands down the highlight of my week because. We realized it's really fascinating. The Philippines is different than the United States, but they're people just like we are. Most of my team members, they are moms, they are dads, they have kids. Some of them are more anxious than others. And one of the things that I really enjoyed was just sitting down and being able to relate with them and having the extra time to do so. It's one of the one of the neat things that I've been able to really when we talk about team members as team members and not just employees, one of the things that I've noticed is 
there is more buy-in from their side. Now, there shouldn't be more buy-in because everyone should work equally as hard, whether they're an employee or team members. But when people are team members, they work harder. I swear they come up with better ideas. They look at problems differently because they see themselves as members of your team. So that was the highlight of my week. Low light of my week is today is April 13th that I read that I record this and my low light is I am just really missing track season. It is uh, I even though I've enjoyed the extra time, I have four kids and if you know me, my springs and falls are consisted of coaching and going to track and cross country meets. And there's just kind of a raw visceral smell to the track if you if you go out to the track and you sit at a track meet and you hang out with other parents and I get to watch my kids run and I interact with the other parents and I'm really disappointed that I don't get to experience experience that this spring because we're stuck at home and work and and I understand why we don't, but at the same time, I'm just disappointed because I'm missing out on it. And I hurt for my kids because my daughter, um, daughters don't get to have track meets this spring and it's something that they have grown up accustomed to um, this too shall end but that's kind of my low light just really kind of getting to me i understand that things are going to get better and there will be a new normal but that's my low light for the week so is it time to start your own durable medical equipment store today's podcast is geared towards the person who wants to enter our field, who has never entered our field before. Now, I'm talking today, I am talking to the Eric Michelson from 2004, actually 2003, because even though I started our store in 2004, I I was determined to go into the durable medical equipment field in 2003. I wish I would have had this podcast. I wish I would have been able to see what was in front of me and what it would have entailed. So I'm talking to anyone out there who is considering entering this field. Should you start your own DME? Does that mean you're going to sell wheelchairs? Does that mean you're going to sell oxygen, nebulizers? Does that mean you are going to consider partnering with a local pharmacy? What does that possibly look like? Is it even a good idea? First, if you're looking for the money, don't do it. If you search for the money, you will be disappointed in anything. Now, what could possibly go wrong or why should you do this? I love entrepreneurship. Absolutely love it because I love thinking outside the box. But why in the world would we want to start our own store? Well, maybe you're currently working for someone else. Maybe you could do it better and you think you could do it better because you do all the work anyway, or at least you think you do. I love my vice president. He says, everyone sees 100% of what they do every single day. Maybe you want the freedom of working your own schedule. That's another wonderful reason to start your own store. Maybe you want to make more than 15 bucks or 10 bucks or $25 an hour that you're currently making. Whatever that is, you want to know that your income is going to be tied to your production. And maybe you just want something new and this might be the perfect time to do it. Now let's 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 start with why let's start with why this is the perfect time to start a medical supply store, respiratory, DME, you name it. The field is has all but been obliterated from competitive bidding. 
anyone who started a medical supply store, and in my store, in my city, there were three of them that came in during the apocalypse of competitive bidding. And I said, they're crazy. Every, actually two of the three went out of business. One is still around. Two of them, they just didn't know what was going on. Actually, two of them just didn't know what was going on here in Yakima, Washington. And they, they lost a lot of money. One I know lost well over a quarter million dollars. And the other one, my guess would be they lost equally as much. The other store that came into our city is only here because they were able to piggyback and buy an existing store for pennies on the dollar. But why is now the right time to do it? Well, during the CARES Act, it was announced that we do not have to become accredited to start a home health care store and build demi posts right now, whereas before you would have to become accredited. So this might be the perfect time to join the industry because you don't have to be accredited. You can immediately start billing Medicare as long as you have, you know, the, the bare bones. You have a business license, you have a location, you have equipment. Um, so it might at at any time. I was I was talking to someone last week, and they called this. They said, Eric, we are entering the wild, wild west of home health care again. So, it, hey, if you are a sharpshooter and you're ready to fire your, if you are ready to fire your pistol, this is the perfect time to enter the business. Now, here's the other side. Maybe it's not the perfect time to enter the business. If you tell me you have five thousand dollars to your name and twenty thousand dollars worth of debt, I don't care what widget you want to sell. Probably not the best time to do it. If you are currently in major debt, you know, there's Murphy's Law. If you are in debt, I'm of the opinion, if you're in major debt right now, I'm of the opinion Murphy's Law will come and Murphy will move into the spare, Murphy will move into your retail showroom next to you because there is Murphy's Law. Murphy will come and Murphy will get you. So it might be the perfect time if you tell me that you have the capital to start a business because the ceiling has never been lower than it is right now. Also, let's talk about competition. Most stores have gone out of business. Now, looking at the research, it looks like 30 to 40% of all medical suppliers have gone out of business. I have sometimes said 70%. And the reason why I say 70% is not only have 30 to 40% got out of business, that other 30 to 40%, they're still open, but they're running on limited business, i.e. a skeleton staff with a skeleton inventory. And in my opinion, frequently, they're not even in business anyway, because they're just there to keep billing their recurring rentals, and they're not much of a competitor. They're not truly in business right now. So in what I've seen in the last eight to 10 years is we've lost about 70% of the true competitors, which leaves 30% from what I've seen. Now it varies from market to market. And if you're wondering whether you should start your own healthcare store, look at your market saturation. Go to Wikipedia in whatever city that you're currently in and see how many people are there from Wikipedia, then see 
how many competitors are currently there. So Google Oxygen, Google CPAP, Google Wheelchair. And then you can say, okay, who are my competitors and can I take them out? Is this a good time to do it? When I first started our business in 2004, I started in a sleepy town called Sela, Washington, better known for treetop apple juice. I knew we could at least start in Sela because my father-in-law owned the pharmacy. There was no medical supplies and I could at least garner most, if not all, of the business in Sela, Washington. Our city only had a population of 10,000, but if you looked at the zip code, we were up to 25,000. I'm like, hey, I could probably get most, if not all, of those customers, and I was able to do so. Figure out who are your competitors in your zip code where you'd like to start your business. Then you also have to th then you also have to figure out who is currently your competitors. Where are they currently going? If you don't know who they're currently shopping with, go to your local pharmacy or go to your go to your doctor's office and say, "Hey, who do you guys refer to?" I um uh, had to get an MRI for my back several months ago because I reherniated it and I had to drive down to Richland, Washington, which is about an 80-mile drive, which is outside. I I do not serve the area of Richland for our medical supply. But when I was down there, I asked them, who do you guys refer your back braces to? Who do you get for your wheelchairs? And they just said, oh, here's our list. So if you're not sure who the local doctors go to, who the local doctors currently refer to, just go to your local orthopedic or go to your local nursing home and say, hey, upon discharge, who do you send your wheelchair business to and why? And almost always, they will tell you why. Every nursing home I've ever gone to and talked to their physical therapist, just ask them, hey, by the way, who do you refer to and why? That will give you an answer. Can you beat them or not? They might be a amazing company that you might have a really hard time getting their business. So you need to figure out, can you break into the market that you're currently in? In my opinion, there's a lot of really low-hanging fruit right now. And it might, might, might be the time for you to enter the home healthcare realm. Now, you might say, well, Eric, I already have a company and you're encouraging others to possibly jump into the DME sphere as a competitor to us. Possibly. I'm also in two weeks going to talk about, is this the right time for you to expand and how are we going to counteract those who are going to want to come to our cities? I guarantee you, in the cities that I am currently at, in at, my competitors are going to want to come to my city. What am I doing currently to shore up my customers and my patients and my referral sources? Why they're going to keep coming to me? instead of going to my competitor. In two weeks, I'm going to talk about why you might want to consider expanding your demographic area. Whether you have one store, this might be the time to look at two stores. Whether you have three stores, this might be the time to look at four stores. Whether you have 10 stores, it might be the time to look at 15 stores. Or if you don't want to expand, you better at least be able to figure out how to fortify your store for when other people come in because I guarantee you they're going to come into your city and how are you going to be able to A, keep your patients and B, keep your great team members that are currently loyal and working for you. 
very, very important. But do we decide to start a DME right now? One, is there opportunity? Two, do you have the capital to do so? So it's one thing, whatever widget you're going to sell, and when I say widget, I mean all of business is the selling of widgets. You have something and you're selling it. Even a public school teacher, what you're doing is you're selling education to kindergartners or first first graders and our government is paying you to teach our kids what widget are we going to sell now in this case we're talking wheelchairs and oxygen and nebulizers you name it now this is a wonderful opportunity because the widget that we are going to want to sell right now in my opinion is oxygen and nebulizers and perhaps ventilators they have just lowered the bar significantly in those areas in order to bill and bill and and we should be able to get paid for this fairly easily now i'll get into later why just because it's low-hanging fruit right now it does not mean it's going to be low-hanging fruit in the future but we can take very very good care of people right now and if you have really good contacts and if you have enough capital to get a few oxygen, if you, have very, if you have enough capital to get some oxygen concentrators, you might be able to at least get your business off the ground and get it off the ground fairly fast. And if you currently have home health care experience or you employ someone who has home health care experience, this is a really good time to take your business off the ground. Now... The fascinating thing with CMS's regulations right now in terms of what is required and what is not required to bill oxygen, it has scared my billers to death. They're like, really? That's all we have to do to bill oxygen? From what I've read and what I've seen, yes, it's really easy to get in. Now, just because it's easy to get in doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. What makes great businesses great is not only do they find the right time to come in, but they understand what their next play is. So if you want to jump into the industry and just make a quick buck, this is not the time, or at least I will not bless you to come into the industry. But if you've been sitting on the sideline and want an industry to come into, this, in my opinion, is the perfect time to join to get started. There is such a glut in our industry right now. I also believe reimbursements are going to tick up. Not, not go back to like 2010 levels, but we don't need them to go back to 2010 levels. People need service. People always just say, well, what about Amazon.com? They have such great prices, we can't compete with them. I don't believe we need to compete with Amazon.com. Hand sanitizer on Amazon.com is way more expensive than it ever used to be because that price is dynamic. We offer a service to our community. Now more than ever, people understand the value of the local. And I, if, if I could come across this podcast with local, capital L-O-C-A-L, how important it is to have someone local to help. So do you have a capital to get started? Good question. How many customers do you want to have? How many widgets do you want to buy? What's going to be your focus? Is it going to be respiratory? Is it going to be CPAP? Next, how are you going to set your business up? You do have to have a location. Where will you set your location up? How will you have employees? The nice thing about being self-employed is you don't have to pay yourself minimum wage. 
there's nothing harder. The wonderful thing about owning your own business is your own blood, sweat, and tears are free. Now, granted, there's emotional collateral with it, but you have your own blood, sweat, and tears that you can throw into your business. Is this something that you want to do? I love being my own boss. Absolutely love it. Well, sometimes when stuff hits the fan, at least it's my own stuff that hits the fan. At least it's my customer that's upset about my custom company because it's what I did or someone that I hired. It's something that they did. And even, you know, that's the nice thing about being your own boss, running your own company. You can at least do something about it. Before before I was in home medical equipment, I worked for Verizon Wireless. I made really good money selling cell phones. I wasn't fulfilled though because I was just a cog in the wheel. I love Verizon Wireless. They they have a very good product, but whether it's a comp back then I think it was 500,000 employees is what they had. But in 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 combination of wireless plus their landline, I was one of 500,000 employees. The thing that I loved about running my own store is it was me. It was on my back. If I did great, I was compensated well. If I blew up, I didn't do well. The first eight months I ran my own store, I was, I didn't make any commission because I didn't sell anything. But the good thing is, is I couldn't get mad at the man because I was the man. The beautiful thing about running your own store is it's all about you. You you can do it yourself to take care of people. Now, the good thing is now we there are so many more resources at your disposal in starting your store compared to what we had back then. And if you contact me, I will help you. I will help you get your store up and running. What works marketing versus what doesn't work marketing? What kind of software can you use to bill insurance? What do you need to know legislation wise what makes you money whereas what doesn't make you money i'd be more than happy to help you get your store off the ground as long as your effort as long as your reason is you want to help people i think we can help people we can help our community we can help our providers and we can make a buck or two what if you already have a really established competitor in your city then you're just going to have to outsmart them you're going to have to run a little bit harder no, it is not possible for any store, no matter how big they are or how talented they are, to take care of everyone. What is going to be your niche? So you'll have to ask yourself, what's going to be my niche? Is your niche going to be oxygen? Maybe your niche is going to be wheelchairs. Maybe your niche is going to be custom prosthetic. You have to have a license for that, of course. Figure out what is it that you would like to do and that you can delight others in. Is now the right time for you to start your own business? Perhaps. Are you creative? Can you work harder than everyone else? Do you have the resources? I think it's the perfect time. If it were me jumping into the field, I would do it in a heartbeat. Now, I've heard from a number of people, you either grow in business or you die. Now, growing can be figurative or it can be literal we always need to be learning so sometimes your store might stay the same size sometimes growing is actually expanding sometimes growing means that we need to get out on our own and start our own store now 
this is also a time. So if I'm saying, should you go out and start your own store? You need to count the cost. There's a difference between gambling and risk taking. Gambling is you roll the dice and there is an exact percentage you will either win or lose. Risk taking is being very, very calculated, counting the cost, and then deciding is this a good investment or not. So if you are seriously considering, should I start my own store? Is this a good time? Look, are you good at running things? If all your current employees underneath are underneath you, hate you, probably should not start your own store unless you're going to go at it solo. But if your current team members underneath you love being underneath you, maybe it's time to split off and start your own store. You know how to do it. It might be the perfect opportunity to do this. But understand the difference between gambling and risk-taking. So I've started a number of medical supply stores. Actual retail location, over the years, I've started four differently four different retail locations, and I've bought four competitors in the process. Every time I decide whether or not to either open up a store or acquire a competitor of mine, there are three things to consider. So if you want to know, should I start a store? Here are the three things. Is there opportunity in your community? I just talked about this. It's either yes or no. <laughs> in our city, there's actually a pre filled water balloon business. I did not know that I did not know that that was a company. I did not even know that there was a need to buy pre-filled water balloons. They are the only pre-filled water balloon business in my in my opinion here in Yakima or actually for that matter the entire state of Washington. But I'm not sure how much market share you want to get because how much money is there in pre-filled water balloons? So is there opportunity in your community? If you're not sure, contact me. We'll run the numbers. I know what the reimbursements are. I know what the costs are. We can see, is there opportunity in your community to make $5 or $10 like a pre-filled water balloon company or perhaps $10, $100, or $1 million, depending on what product mix you're going to jump into and what the reimbursements might be. Second, do you have the capital? So first, you have to have enough money to buy inventory of what you're going to get. Are you going to buy it new? Are you going to buy it used? What is that going to look like? But not only do you have the capital, there's other forms of capital as well too. Do you have the intellectual capital to navigate the home healthcare respiratory DME world? Some I, The number of people that have called me to buy our store in the last year is just kind of funny. And I'll, I'll ask them, well, what's your background? And sometimes there are companies that they have a lot of DME background. They know what they're doing. But I always get a kick out of the other ones that they're straight out of business school and they're just looking to buy some sort of widget. And they see the word healthcare. They, they don't even know what the acronym they don't even know what the words or the letters DME stands for. They just know it's something in healthcare. And they're like, well, I'll learn it. Well, that might be. You, you, you can learn this field. I learned it from scratch. My background was in English history divinity as well as running a painting company and selling cell phones for Verizon Wireless. I was able to learn this. It's not that hard to learn, but you have to have the intellectual capital to go all in if you are going to jump into this field. And do you have the energy capital? 
I guarantee you when I'm 70 years old, I'm not going to want to start from scratch. When I jumped into the, this field, I was 27 years old. Not only was I starting the store, not only was I marketing, I was the delivery technician. I was the CSR. I was the 24-7, 365 on call. But I had the energy to do it. I was 27 years old and very, very fit. I could do that. Do you have the energy capital? So is there opportunity in your community? Do you have the capital? And last, do you want to? If this is something you've always wanted to start your own business, you've always wanted to help others. If you want to do that, then this is the perfect time to go all in. You have to want to. And I can tell you, I'm just wired to be an entrepreneur, but it's one of those things, once it gets into your blood, there is something wonderful about being your own boss. There is something wonderful about running your own store. There is something wonderful about making your own schedule. Even if you have to work half days, i.e. 12 hours a day, you at least get to decide what 12 hours you want to work, as long as you have someone else to staff your on-call phone line. So... Those are the big three. Do you have all three of those? Is there opportunity in your community? Perhaps. But understand, even if there's opportunity, I guarantee you, other competitors see that opportunity as well too. So can you better take advantage of the opportunity or are you going to allow someone else to do it for you? Do you have the capital? Hey, are you smart enough? Or is there someone who is a better ATP or respiratory technician or operations technician or customer service or marketing? Do you have the capital, money, intellectual energy to do this? And last, do you want to? Because even if you have all the check boxes in the resume for running a home health care store, I've seen time and time again, people who are hungrier and want it more beat people who are more talented. So I am both a executive coach as well as consultant. I'll walk you through the process. If you're interested, let's look at those three components and let's see if you think you might be able to map this thing out. What we'll do is we'll put together a really quick one-page business plan and then you can look over it. You can pray over it. You can strategize. If you're married, you talk it over with your spouse and you count your costs and say, hey, is this something we can do? But I can tell you right now, even though we're on quarantine, I've been working half days. I've been working 12 hours a day because the opportunities are out of this world because I have to still take care of my community. I have to take care of my team members and I have to plan for the future. This is what leaders do during times of crisis. It is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. So thank you for listening to the 15th episode of DME Coach. Next week, I've already had this interview. It's going to be a fun interview because I have 2004 Olympic silver medalist in the high jump, Matt Hemingway, as a guest on our podcast. He is not in the home healthcare realm, but I've known him probably, I think, almost 20 years. He's one of those friends that I've had, and he has been the vice president of a few companies. He's a master at sales and he's also a master at caring for people. So it is just going to be a very fun and candid interview with Matt Hemingway. Um, He's out of Denver, Colorado. He's the third highest U.S. high jumper of all time. He could back in the day, back in the day, he high jumped 
seven foot eight and a half inches. That is 80% of the way to a 10 foot basketball hoop. He can also dunk from the free throw line. But I got to know him as a person and it's even though he's an amazing, amazing athlete, he's an even better person. And I've seen him lead teams. Um, I, I used to be an employee underneath him. And he lead, the reason why he is such an amazing leader is he cares for people. And you see what it's like to be candid with someone, to care for them, and to be crazy smart. And he has all three. And you can also see how that translated into an Olympic silver medalist. When he was hoping to get top 12 in the world, he walked away with a silver medal silver medal at the Athens Olympic Games in 2004. I had the pleasure of being in the stands and I watched it. It, it just gave me goosebumps. So we have Matt Hemingway and there might even be a, is he related to Ernest Hemingway? We will talk about that next week on the podcast as well too. So until then, take really good care of your customers, take even better care of your team members and keep investing in yourself as a leader because that's what it takes to keep moving forward. In the meantime, reach out to me on dmecoach.com and get on our email list where we send you updates on things that can help you succeed as a leader and improve your store. Eric Michelson with dmecoach.com.